It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. She made fun of me. She made fun of me. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. A high fly, a deep left field, way back, tie bogey. To the left field corner, deep and gone. Nelson Cruz with his 12th, and the Twins take a 1-0 lead. Kind of hoping this afternoon game would have been over by now, so we could just have, all right, the series is over, but how long is this game going to go, and why is it still going? Well, the why is easy. I went on a little adventure and uh, came back, and I was like, this is still happening? This beating yeah. is still happening? The, the game was over when the Twins made it 10-1 to 1 in the bottom of the seventh inning, but then they trot out Fernando Romero, who's back as of today. He's back, one of the Twins, formerly one of their top pitching prospects. All right, he's struggling AAA. Get him back up here, right? And Matt McGill, Fernando Romero and Matt McGill combined to uh, shave seven years off Rocco Baldelli's life. You're almost blowing a 10-1 lead, but the Twins take two out of three. And uh, I think we should dive into what's happened the last two games since we exited the studio at 6 o'clock yesterday because it's been one of the most up-and-down rides from... Have you guys... Let's start with last night real quick. Have you guys, in your time watching baseball, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North, thank you guys for listening. Can you remember like a quicker drop from the top of a roller coaster where Buxton hits the two-run homer, they have this big comeback, it's a celebration... And then it's and there's nobody out and they can win the game there in the bottom of the ninth inning and there's big time it's the top of the order coming up these and they big just time hitters quick yeah three dribblers back to the mound basically yep. and then reliever floodgates open up in the next inning and it's just over like the game was just over I guess the only thing that surprised me about the top of the tenth was the, the damage not that came against Duffy because the, the damage against this bullpen now or most guys. Especially if Rodgers isn't pitching, doesn't surprise me. The only uh, surprising thing was the fact that they committed uh, three errors, starting with Garver dropping that ball that he tried to make the tag on D. Gordon too quickly and basically didn't catch. So those errors didn't shock me, but th- the fact that they ended that game with five errors did. But the answer to your question from my end is sort of no, because the bullpen melting down is the one thing about the 2019 Twins that doesn't surprise me. So so last night was like when, when Buxton hit that home run, you still had kind of a sinking pit feeling in your gut? Well, or? I thought to myself, the Warriors are going to do it, and, and Kepler might come up and homer, but when the next three guys went quickly, then I thought, oh, okay, yeah, this might be a problem. It wasn't that much of an emotional disappointment for me because I, wins and losses at this point in the seat, like I took a lot of positives out of that game. For them to come back from that? Yeah. For Barrios, and Judd has talked about this, for Barrios to have the performance that he had, despite not having his best stuff on a given night, like I, I wasn't really that upset or downtrodden about the loss, even the way that it played out. I thought it was a really, it was a fun game to watch. The whole thing from Buxton was awesome. Good performance from Barrios, and your bullpen let you down. Yeah. And so today they take a ten-one lead, and the, the game is over. But the bullpen still, like, couldn't blow it today. I mean, it was they, they tried. tried. <laughs> yeah, they definitely tried. Fernando Romero, disaster. Matt McGill. I love how they just said, Matt McGill, you're at 50 pitches, almost 50 pitches. Figured out. It's a it's a seven run lead. I actually do like figured that. figured out. I'm a big fan. We're not going to burn. Yeah, we're not going to burn Taylor Rogers back because you can't figure it out. But I just want to I want to because I'm kind of in I'm in the Rami camp and that I'm taking a ton of positives out of everything right now because they're 45 and 22. 
They're playing at a 109-win pace right now. If you do that math over 162 games. And by the way, they've been at that pace for a while. Like, it fluctuates. Like, they'll be on pace for 108 or 112. But they've been right in that 110 range for a while. And people keep going, they're not going to win 110 games. But they keep staying on pace to win 110 games. With a bad bullpen. Right. They're going to add. And I felt like, finally, I just had to go to bed last night. I was, I'm just going through, like, just fighting with people on social media for no reason. And it's, I get it. There's a lot of angst left over from previous years and previous regimes of Twins baseball where you wanted a big splash and you got Matt Caps, right? And I can't guarantee that you're going to get Noah Syndergaard. Can't guarantee that. But I can guarantee 100% stone cold lock of the show. They will trade for bullpen help. So I just like, I want to elevate the conversation and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just sort of sick of fighting with fans. Like, well, we'll see if they actually do something. They will. They will trade for a legitimate arm or multiple at some point. The question is your stone cold lock. Okay. Yeah. The question is timing. When will it happen? And when you're watching Fernando Romero melt down and he's loading the bases and he's walking everybody, you want it to happen now. And I get that. I want it to happen now. We'd all love it to happen now. But the timing of like when other teams want to trade and what they're asking for, if that drags on for three or four more weeks, you're still going to be leading the division by 10 games and playing at a 100-win pace. But the sooner the better. Despite a 10-and-a-half game lead that they came into the day with, the sooner the better, in my opinion, that they make a move. And the market hasn't started moving yet. So they're not alone in the fact that they haven't been active in terms of making a trade. The market, other than Kimbrell and Keuchel coming off the the market, but they were free agents, the trade market hasn't started to move yet. So there isn't any reason to panic at all in any way, shape, or form about the bullpen, about the team, about anything when it comes to the Minnesota Twins. The question to me is, is bullpen-wise, uh, becomes the what and how much. And that's that's what's going to be really interesting to watch play out here which is Kimbrell was out there and they drew a line and they said, we're not going three years there. So now the question, and we do not know this and we have never seen this group operate under these circumstances previously. So what we're going to find out in approximately the next month or so is how all in do they think they are? And I think that's an incredibly fair question. I think that's, that becomes the, are you, you know, Will you go and trade one of those top two prospects? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you going to say, because I would say in order to be a World Series team, from what we've seen, especially uh, the last two to three days with Rodgers out, you need to add probably two bullpen arms. I'd like to see one really good one, but there needs to be a second one too. I would like a starter as well. But what we don't know about Falvey and company is what their perception of where this team is exactly as far as, you know what, damn it, the timetable has been moved up drastically now, and this is a World Series team. I think what I'm saying is now is not the time to be crucifying the front office for this bullpen. Because they had so many things to fix throughout the last couple of years and offseason. Of course it's not a finished product yet. They didn't plan for it to be a finished product right now. Fans didn't plan for it to be a finished product right now. But it's a hell of a lot closer to a finished product, like a World Series finished product right now than we ever thought it would be. And it's fixing the bullpen away maybe from being a finished product. If Jake Odorizzi is for real, they've got two legitimate postseason starters. They are that close to being a finished product. What frustrates me off last night is not the bullpen angst, because I think that's fine. Because in the moment you watch that bullpen and it continues to implode at times and Blake Parker is a mess. What frustrates me about last night is I think the Twins are a good enough team that we need to uh, pick our spots here. And it's like, well, five errors. The fielding's gone to hell. No, it hasn't. They had a bad, they had a really bad game. But the fielding has not gone to hell. Tommy Malone shut him down. Okay, that's going to so happen. the offense is not... Yeah, the, yeah offense, the, the offense is fine. Yeah. So what, what frustrates me is when teams get good, we often just pick on the whole thing. And I'm fine with saying, all right, we all can see that the bullpen has deficiencies. It it probably needs more help than I said it did two weeks ago when I said at that time it's going to need to be upgraded. But when you start in on the entire thing, it's, okay, here they go. They didn't get this and that. They played poorly in the field last night. It's going to happen. It's not a trend. They didn't hit until, what, the 8th. At which point, last night again, they started to hammer the baseball. So... 
I'm fine with the bullpen discussion. I get much more frustrated on Twitter when I see people just melt down about things that ultimately aren't a big deal. Yeah, it's not, I guess, to, to put a punctuation on what you just said, it's also like it's not the same thing that we're looking at as it was two years ago or five years ago. I don't think you can lump, like you can't lump a bad performance against this generation's Bruce Chen, which is what Tommy Malone basically is. He's up there with smoke and mirrors throwing 85 miles an hour. You can't lump that in with the offenses you saw from like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like this is an this all-time is, historically great power hitting team. This is what I meant when I said cut the brakes. Let go of any apprehension or hesitation you have about getting excited about this baseball team. Let go of all the pessimism that you have. The waiting, you see for, that bullpen last night? waiting for the other shoe to drop I'm mentality. Not on that bullpen. Cut uh-huh. the damn brakes and enjoy this season. So here's the. Uh, this is where we. This is another episode of explaining Minnesota sports to Rami, who's now been here long enough to like get a feel for some of this. Solid six months. Six months. I think. Yeah. Saturday will mark six months yeah. to the day. Yeah. But. <laughs> Like if I could summarize the backlash I got yesterday when I was when I was telling people, hey, like they're gonna trade for a reliever, and the the instant response I got back, eighty percent of the comments back were, a, in the past they've traded for relievers like Kevin Jepson, like they're just gonna be some, it's gonna be some bargain bin reliever, right? Mm-hmm. Or B, even a step further, which is you can't guarantee that the cheap pole ads, this and this and this. And so that's where people are coming from right now. It's 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 less about. I mean, there is there is a component of Minnesota teams always break your heart. That's the that's the overriding layer. Minnesota teams always break your heart, so there's always apprehension. But then the Twins have another layer that the Vikings don't have, that the Timberwolves don't have, and that the Wild don't have. And that layer is not only will they break your heart, but they won't even really try to make the team as good as it can be. They're always going to go to the used DVD bin to try and fill out their entertainment center. But that wasn't Falvey and Levine. That wasn't Rocco Baldelli. And when you look at what those guys did this offseason, I don't know how you can say this is a Twins organization that's not trying to win. They made more additions and spent more money than most teams in the league, than 21 teams in the league. When you look at how much money they spent, they were ninth in the offseason in spending. What more do you want from the Twins to prove to you that they're trying to win now? Oh, yeah, and they're 24 games over 500 and have an 11-game lead in the division. Yeah, I, I think if I was going to teach a class on the break-your-heart thing, it needs, to, you could. it needs to be more focused. Professors all Viking Vikings kickers will break your heart. If Favre's your QB, I can tell you. But the problem, the problem is we glom on in this town to everything that goes wrong, like game by game by game, and blame those things. And it's like, no, no, that's okay. You're you're now focusing. Your heart gets broken because you're picking everything and it doesn't work that way. Let's pick the things. And, and what we need to see now by July 31st is what do they do about the bullpen? And if they add two guys, that's fantastic. And then you know what? That's the answer to our question. Yeah. Also, like if you're on the organization is cheap side of the fence, you know what the cheapest thing to acquire is at the trade deadline and the thing that's the most readily available? Bullpen, Bullpen help. Yeah. It's a dream. It's a dream. Like they don't they don't need 10 years ago they needed Alfonso Soriano, right? That's what they needed. In 2006 or 7 or whatever that was, they needed a bat that was going to cost them 20 million dollars. In um 2010, they needed Cliff Bleeping Lee, like this amazing ace, Cy Young yeah. caliber ace pitcher. Yep. Um now Craig Kimbrell was very expensive and they drew a line not on the on the you know one year price of Craig Kimbrell. They drew a line on we don't want to pay him when he's 33. And I don't like I don't I don't look at that and say, "Well, that's a cheapo move." I look at that and say, "That's a probably a prudent move if they believe that there's a bunch of red flags." So I don't know. I'm just like maybe I'm maybe I'm being too Pollyanna, but I just feel like this team is 23 games over 500, 109 win pace. They're doing this. We're halfway through June. We're almost halfway through the season. It's not a fluke. They're going to break the major league record for home runs, and they just have to fix their bullpen. And they will. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be a little bumpy along the way until they fix it, but it's fun to watch. Let's enjoy it. And I I think the most important thing about that, too, comes back to this. Yes, for the fan base, it's very smart. You'll sell more tickets. If you make a playoff run, it's going to be great. But the thing that frustrated me last night and why I think the bullpen positively absolutely has to be fixed with additions is this for these players. Like this team is really good. That offense last night, we should we should have been talking and tweeting 
immediately after that game about the fact that this damn team falls down 6-1 to and comes back again. And Byron Buxton annihilates another baseball. That comeback last night, which got overshadowed by the uh, poor top of the 10th, was, again, super impressive. This group of players that they have now outside of the uh, bullpen deserves this. They de- they deserve to be emboldened by a move that says, you know what, guys? We thought that the the window was cracked going into 2019. <laughs> she wasn't cracked. Wide open. Yeah. And that's the I think the most important thing is to make this move not for the fans, but really for this team. You guys want to talk to Jason Stark here when we come back? Would love to. Get a little maybe a little reckless speculation in with Jason Stark. Yes, sir. Get really? his thoughts on Noah Syndergaard. Mm. I don't know if he has anything to report, but he might have some things to, right. to add to what we talked about yesterday. Jason Stark from The Athletic and MOB Network. Cram session later on today. If you are a, a baseball team looking for some insurance like the Twins, well, you got to go to the trade market, right? you got to go find a reliever. you got to go find a starter. If you are a business owner looking for insurance, you go to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Now, uh, I actually have been a business owner a couple different times in my life, and, and so I can relate to the roller coaster, the ups and downs, and the never-ending A, C of problems to solve, and B, the never-ending highs and wins that you can uh, rack up along the way too. So if you are in that boat as a business owner, I recommend highly getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You're not just getting a policy when you hook up with Federated Mutual Insurance Company. You get everything and all of their experience. Federatedinsurance.com to find your local marketing rep. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Robbie here on the all-new Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Joining us now, as he does every week, to read his work at theathletic.com. You see him on MLB Network. Pleasure to welcome in Jason Stark. Jason, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm great, man. What's happening? Not much. A lot of people, I wouldn't say panicking, but starting to sweat a little bit, wanting the, the Twins to go and get a little help for that bullpen, despite thirteen game, 23 games over 511 game lead in the division. Do you see any any urgency for the Twins to go and get an arm for the bullpen? Because I do. I'm not panicking, but I do see a little bit of urgency to go and do something about this. Well, I think it's a priority. I think urgency is the wrong word. I, I, I you know, like it depends on what you're looking for, but you know, there, there's going to be a lot of bullpen arms out there, and I mean, the hard part is balancing difference maker versus price tag. Right, and I, I like. I just find it hard to believe that the Twins will overpay for anybody. And to make a deal now, you probably have to overpay. So in the bullpen market, I think it pays to wait. I don't think it pays to wait in the the starting pitcher market. Is it's kind of a different phenomenon. But bullpen, there's just there's just so many different arms out there and there'll be more later uh, that I think it pays to wait because the price is lower. What do you think the single trade deadline and no waiver moves in August does to the market leading up to July 31st? Do you think it speeds it up? Uh, You know, I've heard this from quite a few people that the, the volume of trade talk is heavier early, heavier now than it's been in the past. And I would expect that. It seems logical because I think what you get done, you know you have to get done by the end of July. And if you have a lot that you want to do, the earlier you start it, the better. Uh, I also think the American League has defined itself. I think that also helps. Um, It means you have quite a few sellers who already know their sellers, and so you know what's out there. Um, So there, there is more clarity, in a way, on both those fronts. But it's it's funny, you know, you know, you you've seen this just as I've seen this. Things don't get done without a deadline, right? In in everything, and so I still have to be convinced that that's true. Of the trade market, Jason. Uh, I'm just going to make sure that this next question is under the proper umbrella here. 
Reckless speculation. All right. <laughs> so we've been we've been we've been doing a lot of speculating on, and some of it's educated. Some of it is very much not educated. If you know us well, and. Um, <laughs> We're more the so latter than the charge of educated speculation or running. That's that's why you're here. Yep, uh, okay, educated. I'm very educated. Much. How likely is it that the Mets are going to trade Noah Syndergaard either this summer or sometime soon? And what do you think the cost would be? Well, that's a really interesting topic. You know, he's got two and a half years of control, and I I, I don't think that they are in sell mode right this minute. And when you talk about Noah Syndergaard in particular, let's think about this. He's in, he was in exactly the same contractual situation as Jacob deGrom. A little younger, but same situation. And it's hard not to notice that they extended deGrom, did not extend him. On the other hand, he's just one of the like 20 guys in that team who was once represented by the GM when Brody Van Wagen was an agent. So it might be uncomfortable for Brody to trade him. Uh, you know, you talk to the Mets people, they, they, they keep thinking that the rotation is their ticket to win if there's ever any kind of ticket, any kind of formula. So... I don't know. We're going to have to see how this one trends. I don't think they're going to win this year, but they're not there yet. Are the Mets, Jason, in your mind, not too bad or completely dysfunctional? I can't figure them out because their record's not that bad. Yeah, the talent level is not that bad. I think they're one of those teams where there's just a there's such a drop off from the best players on their team to the to everyone else. You know, to their depth level, their ability to withstand anything going wrong. Mm -hmm. They have some really good players in that team and some great arms. And then they're, they're just, there's a lot of really mediocre players filling out their roster. Sure. Uh, speaking of trades now, too, and to backtrack on your point about uh, the Twins not giving up too much, give me just uh, sort of a general idea of the type of trade that, if so, because I, I think we, we think to ourselves, well, the Twins might be or should be shopping a top prospect. In 2019, though, what do you think is a realistic um, amount to surrender or trade in something that would get you, let's say, a good bullpen arm? A good bullpen arm? Yeah, and prospect-wise. <laughs> well, all right, what kind of good bullpen arm are we talking about? Um we, are we at the Sean Doolittle, Brad Hand level? Yeah, sure. Or are we with that next level down? Will Smith is really good. Um, you know, Shane Green. Let's say Hand. Giles, Alex Kame. Let's say Hand down to Smith. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, in the cases of both Doolittle and Hand, you have to make them want to do it. And so you're, you know, I don't think you have to give up volume of prospects, but I do think you have to give up. A, you know, one of your better prospects to make them do it and probably have to fill out the deal with something else. Um, when you, you know, in these cases of guys who, where there's, there's less control and the team's in a different situation, you know, remember now, Washington and Cleveland, they might do some selling, but I don't think they, they'll look at themselves as blowing it up. The Giants, the Tigers, those are teams that, I mean, they, if they're not at rock bottom, they can they don't have to get out a telescope to find it, and so their perspectives are different. They might they might require volume. Um, I don't know that that market has completely defined itself, but dual in hand, that that that's going to be expensive. Is there an arm out there? And we're talking to Jason Stark of the Athletic and MLB Network that people aren't talking about right now that you think could hit the trade market and would be helpful, useful to a team like the Twins? Oh, there are always arms like that. And, you know, just the way the Astros dug in on Alex Presley last year, right? I, I mean, I could, I could certainly see teams like the Twins who think the same way, you know, trying to do that this year. I, like a guy who would intrigue me, for example, is Amir Garrett of the Reds. Left-handed, great athlete, um, just beginning to figure it out. You know, not a guy that they have to trade, but a guy that they might trade. 
and really intriguing. So somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Jason Stark, our friend from The Athletic and MLB Network. What did you make of this whole David Ortiz situation and uh, just everything from the, 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 the seemingly unsecure location he was at to, uh, to just like the $7,800 bounty put on his head, apparently? That was the payment. But what was, what, what's, your, what's your recap and takeaway from this whole week with David Ortiz? Yeah, I mean, I mean, talk about reckless speculation. This is a really tough one because I don't know exactly what to make of it. You know, it it looks like this was fueled by some sort of association, knowingly or unknowingly, with a with a fairly unsavory crowd, right? And I I just don't know what to read into that. You know, David is, as you guys know, is an extremely gregarious human being and a very welcoming and approachable human being who befriends people easily. And I, like, I don't know if he he befriended someone in the wrong crowd just by mistake or whether there's more to it. I, it's it's just impossible to sort out fact from rumor right now. So I think the, the safest way to go is just wait and let's get some more information. Do these guys have a target on their back because of all the fame and the money when they go back home to the Dominican Republic? Well, that's that's especially true uh, of life in Latin America because there's so much poverty and so much desperation in a portion of that population that, it, of course, it attracts the, that sort of danger. Um, we, we haven't seen as much of that in the Dominican as we have in, say, Venezuela for the most part. But, um, I, you know, I, I know that having talked to quite a few players from Venezuela about this, uh, they're terrified. You know, they have bodyguards. They have security forces. Their 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 homes are encircled by security and 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 fences. And they're very careful um, where they go and who comes to see them. The Dominican hasn't really been that kind of place as much, but you know, the last few months it's taken a little bit of a turn, and it's disturbing. I mean, and it's it's hard for any of us to put ourselves in the shoes. Is all all from you know the the United States here? But I just would think you make all that money and you gain all that notoriety, and in part you want to go back home and you want to live life sometimes with the people that you grew up with or the culture you grew up with. Um, but maybe it's yeah. not always as welcoming as you'd like it to be. I guess. Yeah, of course that's true, and I, I mean he's David Ortiz. He's a national hero. There's nobody bigger in the Dominican than him. Maybe Pedro, but really nobody that I've you know in my in my experience. And there's certain people and you meet you meet in your life who just have that magnetism. And David Ortiz has it. He draws people to him with his smile and his stature and his presence and the way he speaks. He's just larger than life in every sense of the word. And you know that's more. I mean, think of what he is in Boston. Think of what he is in baseball. Mm -hmm. And then think of the Dominican, and you multiply that times a thousand. And so, of course, he wants to go home from time to time and and be with his friends and his family and his people. That part makes sense. The rest of this makes no sense. Exactly. Now, for for current players, Jason, do we know, do teams try a a little bit more now to uh, encourage guys, and, and this would be a tough thing to do and tough thing to say, uh, n- not to go home as much because, you know, bringing up this subject certainly leads to we've had guys, what, kidnapped before and there have been some scary situations. The teams are encouraging guys to stay in the States even during the uh, winter months? That's especially true in Venezuela. You know, uh, it's just so unstable right now that, you know, I would say, I, I don't I mean, I guess I, I shouldn't estimate, but an incredible incredibly high percentage of Venezuelan stars do not go home. 
and teams do not send their players to winter ball there anymore. They do not send their scouts and their coaches and their, their staff and their personnel to Venezuela anymore because it's too dangerous. The Dominican has not been at that level. Yeah. Uh, until this point. Sure. I just can't tell you whether this is the kind of thing that would cause teams to reevaluate yeah. that. All right, you want to stump us, Jason Stark? Get some trivia? I'd love to, I'd love to stump you. All of course right. I do. Yeah. I've been waiting. I bet you do. <laughs> you would. We got the music. Go. We got it. Trivia yeah, with okay. Jason Stark. Okay, let's listen. Wait, let's get a listen to the music here for just okay. a few seconds. <laughs> That's actually Rami whistling is what that is. <laughs> really good. Yeah, the whistle was a nice touch. I like that. Um, you know, I think Wink Martindale always listened to the music, so I'm, I'm going to listen to the music. Yeah. Here, here's my question. Uh, Jake Odorizzi is averaging 10 strikeouts per nine innings, boys. Uh, that's something that only three pitchers have done in a season in the history of the Twins. Uh, and I, the cutoff I used was 100 innings. So you just have to name those three. Go ahead. Francisco Liriano is for sure one of them. He is. Yeah. We need two Three more pitchers. Johan? Yeah, Johan did it two okay. times. Very nice, Rami. Thank you. But we still need a third we pitcher, need a third. right? Third, yes. Now let's right, talk this out. Hundred innings. Let's talk so this that, out that like family out, feud. That rules out relievers, and I would say this is just my speculation. Anyone before two thousand is probably out. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, those rates didn't exist before. True. Randy Johnson and Pedro okay, Martinez. Who the really. heck would have been after? Uh, I'm just going to tell you that you're wrong. Oh. oh. Okay. Wow. So is it? So um, I've got two thoughts here. Could, can I, I also throw these two out? Yeah. This is off the without, record. Yeah, off the record. Without, these are not final guesses. This is just a these family feud discussing the final. He answer. was right. hurt, he was hurt for portion of '91, but Scotty Erickson was absolutely dominant. And then the other one that came to mind. This is, but this is probably too long ago. Would be a guy like Camille Pasquale. Who was the Twins great? Jack Morris? He's only here he, for the one year, I don't think right? He was, I don't think he was throwing that kind of... And that was 91. Erickson in 91 was filthy, but I don't... Frank Viola wasn't much of a strikeout pitcher, was he? I'm I'm stumped on this. i got to be honest. All right. I mean, the only, the, the only other one, just, just to be on the record that I said this, John Smiley was really good for the Twins in 1992. <laughs> just going to throw that out. I like how you got that on the record, just in case it's right. Do we want to go with Scott Is that Erickson? the answer? Uh, I, I gotta give you a hint because it's like it's well before anybody that you've named. Oh wow! Guy, before Camille Pasquale. Wow. Then I'm out on Pasquale this. Pasquale was in the '60s, though. Well, all right. It, it was. It was not before Camille Pasquale. Okay. Right. Yeah. But this it, is. A, this is. We got. So, can Erickson, we phone a friend? Know, like, Scott Erickson was like a five strikeouts per nine inning kind of guy. So, yeah. are we talking about in the '70s? We got to phone a friend. Can we? Can we phone Patrick Royce? We, <laughs> <laughs> we are talking '70s. Oh my gosh! I'm out. I mean, Jim Cott wasn't. No. no. Post, post I elbow Jim Cott. I mean, I started watching the Twins in 78, so I, this is probably, I don't I, know. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Royce is yelling at the radio right now. Wow. <laughs> like you would guess Burt Blyleven, right, or somebody like that? No. It's a, uh, uh, this is a stumper. It's a guy I don't know anything about. Tom Hall. You know anything about Tom Hall? Oh, Tommy Hall. Tommy Gass. That's the toughest question. Tom Hall. That's a t- I've never yeah, heard of Tom no, Hall. No, they called him Tommy Fastball. <laughs> Be quiet. I guess so. <laughs> wow, Stark. 1970, oh. 184 strikeouts in 155 innings. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we have. So starting. Yeah, Tommy. Leaving. Tommy Toussaint. Yeah. <laughs> Like how you're making up names for him, Tommy Kid in the Hall. Like what the heck? We had no chance, Stark. <laughs> this might have been the ultimate stumper for us. We had no. no yeah, no, that was like, like I, what was I going to do if if I'd made it recent? You'd have got Johan in like five seconds. Tom Hall was listed. Southpaw was listed at six foot, one hundred fifty pounds. Small guy. That's not. That's an interesting build you got there. Yeah. So Jason, you must have had a whip for an arm. Jason, you might say that we had uh, no chance in Hall of All answering right. that question. Oh, okay, can we be done now? I'd like to apologize for my partner. Time to go. Our apologies for Phil, Jason. <laughs> yeah, we tried. Uh, All right. There, men. All right. See you, Jason. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I won't let that happen again. <laughs> we'll never forgive okay. you. Bye. Talk to you next week. <laughs> It was a pleasure. Thanks, right. Jason. Jason Stark from The Athletic 20, and MLB Network. He was 22 years old and averaged 10.7 strikeouts per nine. And then in 1975, with the Cincinnati Reds pitching for, oh, two games, though. Because I was going to say he struck out 13.5 per nine, but that was two games. 
He pitched till 1977. I've never heard of the guy in my life. One of the most fun slash hilarious things is to go back and look at old strikeout rates, like the pitchers you heard about when you were a kid, right? The Walter, the big train Johnson. <laughs> what Just do you have? throwing gas, right? <laughs> Had like six strikeouts per yeah, nine. Yeah. Well, Bob, Bob right Feller. And I'm not denigrating Rapid these guys. Rapid Robert right? to you. Rapid Robert? Yep, that's what they called him. Rapid okay? Robert. Bob Feller. Like, line him up next to a speeding locomotive and watch him throw his fat. Now, now, now Bob Feller... Early on, like his first year in the big leagues, did strike out 11 batters per nine, but he settled in around six for his career. And uh, the game has just changed. Now the average strikeout rate is one per inning. In nine, nine strikeouts per nine. In 1921, at the age of 33, Walter Big Train Johnson led the league 4.9 strikeouts per the nine innings. Big Train. 4.9. He led the league with that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he led the league. Uh, it's a semi. Sorry. Three years later, at the five point one. That's a trolley. That's, that's, not, that's, that's not a, a big trolley. trolley. That's a trolley. That's a trolley. That was like a very weak trolley. Yeah. That wasn't even a big. Play train. the Rami sound. <laughs> Play the train. Yeah, I feel good, better now. Good God, that was actually Rami. We got. I want to. I, I caught wind of a take that you had on Twitter oh. last night about. <laughs> About a Twins player. All right. All right. Okay. I think I'm sticking to it. This might be an episode of Hot Take Police. We'll have to find out when we come back. Cram Sessions coming up, too. So, Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard is where I just jumped into a brand new 2019 RAV4 XLE. It's been amazing. been driving it for, I don't know, two, three weeks now. And I can't tell you just how amazing from all the upgraded technology, the screen, uh, that gives you either the Entune system, Toyota's own built-in connected screen, or you can use Apple CarPlay if you have an Apple device and plug your phone in. That's the best part, too. Like you use Apple CarPlay, and you can just tap the Score North mobile app, and uh, so you don't have to worry about like losing reception. If you're listening on the radio, you can just tap the app, and you can listen that way and stream it from your phone through your car speakers. Safety features, anything and everything you can imagine, bells and whistles-wise, on these Toyotas right now. I just were going for a test drive. Open until 9 o'clock tonight. Go into that showroom area, talk to Paula, talk to Tony, talk to Badu, and uh, find out why everyone is calling the 2019 RAV4 the most popular car in the world right now. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale Toyota. A high fly to deep left field, way back, tied ballgame. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, the Score North mobile app, your one-stop shop. For all your favorite Score North shows, download them, listen to them live. The more you listen live, the more points you rack up to get cool rewards from us. It's also your one-stop shop for all written content from scorenorth.com, including Judd Zolgad and his DEFCON column regarding the Minnesota Twins. Is there a DEFCON meter yet on scorenorth.com? Not yet. Get this? Not yet, but I took took offensive production last night, or lack thereof, until the 8th, fielding and bullpen and issued each a DEFCON from 5 to 1, since 5 is stand down, don't worry, and 1 is all hell is breaking loose. I'm assuming the offense is good. The offense is at a DEFCON DEF 5. DEFCON 5. Okay. DEF 5. And, uh, no worries there, and they proved it again today, and yes, there's no worries. When that home run you just heard on Fox Sports North happened last night, live and in living color, I was at home in my apartment watching on my couch, dog sleeping across my lap. No alcohol being con- consumed whatsoever. There was no alcohol consumed. And I, uh, I don't know if I just got a little carried away or if I stand by this. Tweeted out, okay, I'm going to say it. Byron Buxton for MVP. Fight me. Hashtag Minnesota Twins. All right, I think it's officially, I'm not saying that you belong in hot take jail, but uh-huh. it's worth an episode. Oh, we played that before. It's worth an episode. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in hot take court. Okay. I like it. All right, so lay out your case. I got carried away. You have the right to remain silent. (laughs) I was going to say, his case... We pulled him over and he fell out of the car. (laughs) Sir, have you been drinking? I don't know. The best best I got... The best I got, he's sixth and more. He's sixth and more, and a lot of the guys who are ahead of him are on bad baseball teams. You don't win in, the, Amer- in the American League. In the American League, yes, he's sixth and more in the American League. That's actually really high. And four, <laughs> four I think four of Wait the guys. Wait a second, I'm starting to come around on this. Four argument. of the guys ahead of him are on teams that aren't going to make the playoffs in all likelihood. 
Four of the six guys ahead of him on the list. Yeah, but more. One, but one of them's Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout. Mike has, Trout is going to win MVP on that team. <laughs> plays but, the same position and has 18 home runs. But on the Twins show, then I asked you. Is Byron Buxton even the MVP yeah, on his uh, own team? Jorge Polanco is number two and more in the American League, yeah. which kind of kind so. of destroys my argument. <laughs> Look, I got excited. All right, I was watching a baseball game. Big home run got in. It was a tie game. I just, Dick Bramer's voice was cracking. Did you hear that? Oh, I've never yeah. heard Dick Bramer's voice crack. Oh, actually, that was a major issue for a while, wasn't it? I thought he no. Actually, I like I'm it. sorry. The thing that was an issue, and he's corrected this for the most part, is premature uh, jubilation, shall we say. I like it. I like when an announcer is is so excited that their voice changes. A high fly to deep left field. Way back. Tie bogey. Great crack of the bat, by the way, right there. Awesome crack of the bat. Can we hear it again? Do you see why I got carried away now? Do you see why I tweeted it out? But I'll say this. A high fly! Byron Buxton still heating up. We have not seen the best of Byron Buxton, and he could legitimately work his way into the MVP discussion before this season is over. Right, yeah, yeah. That's like, so now you've been pulled over. You've fallen out of the car, and they yeah. said, sir, we need a breathalyzer. Yep. And you're saying, well, if you just give me like an hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I had a few drinks, but it was yeah. a long time ago. Just give me like a couple hours. I think it's okay. You got excited. <laughs> you just got a little bit too, you and Dick Bramer, a little too jubilant at the, the moment. It was, I mean, it was a nice home run. There was no doubter there. It was a really nice home run. Somebody please hit the ball out of the infield if you're one of the next three batters to make us sweat a little bit next time. But I got a couple updates for you guys. Reckless speculation. So, I kind of stand by it. I like oh, half stand. I like stand half. By it. I like half. Gonna be the team. I like half stand by. It. Order Rizzi. <laughs> now you'll get to say later in the year. Told you guys exactly. If he gets an MVP vote, you'll be able to right. to tell us. That's all it takes. So a couple updates here in our uh, quest to find somebody who doesn't soil themselves with a nine-run lead in the late innings as the Twins go down the stretch here. Ken Giles, I think we can take him off the list. It's not that he might not come back and be healthy, but Ken Giles, who's been maybe the best reliever in all of the American League for the Blue Jays, and very much on the trade block. They just put him on the disabled list with elbow inflammation. Are we worried about Tommy John then, most definitely? I mean, even if he comes back, you can't take the risk with no. all the other available no, relievers, no, no, right? No, no, no. You can't take the risk that he flares up in August or something. Will Smith's value just increased. Yeah, I think pretty much everyone's value increased. Uh, and So Jonathan found a BleacherReport.com article, and this was written before Ken Giles was put on the disabled list. And so they have each team and a trade idea for each team. And Ken Giles was the trade idea for the Minnesota Twins. But obviously, we're going to take that off the board. But here's the interesting one. And this isn't a Twins-linked trade, but the player in question is very, very interesting. They've got the Pittsburgh Pirates trading Francisco Liriano to the L.A. Dodgers as a bullpen arm. Mm -hmm. And you might think, Jesus, that's a blast from the past name, right? Frank Liriano? Have you guys seen him this season for the Pirates out of the bullpen? Yeah, his numbers are very good. He did give up three runs a couple nights ago. It was like his first major hiccup of the season. So his ERA did go up over two for the first time, but it's a 2.27 ERA, strikeout per inning, and he's kind of back to being the Frankie Liriano that he's not like the 06 version, but out of the bullpen, he's been a really good reliever for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Just throwing that name out there. Might, Might be kind of a fun reunion for the Twins. That would intrigue me. Wouldn't have to pay a lot to I don't hate it. 35 years old now. I don't hate it. Okay. But I'm looking for a high leverage arm out of the bullpen. Is he a dominant arm out of the bullpen? I don't think you're going to trust him. We've seen enough of him to know that he gets a little worked up sometimes. You know what, though? I would, at the rate things are currently going right now, I would take him as my secondary arm that I get for this bullpen. I don't think you're good enough to win a World Series if Francisco Liriano is the second best arm in your bullpen. Well, Taylor Rogers would be. No, I'm like saying the he's the second arm. guy that I would add. I I now think. Oh, that, I that see To win saying. a World Series, you need to add two. Yeah, and I'd like one that I consider to be fairly dominant, if not dominant. But in thinking that you have to add two, if the other one that you add is Frankie. I wouldn't be adverse to it. I'd consider it. But Taylor Rogers needs to be your second best arm out of the bullpen. Yeah, I just need to make sure that I can keep him healthy by not pitching him all of the time because I don't trust, as the, is the case right now, almost anybody else among my relief core. Right. And my faith in Blake Parker has been tested and really shot now. 
What are your Twins reliever trust rankings right now? Taylor Rogers. Then I got Taylor Rogers again. That's part of the reason why Taylor Rogers. I mean, how about you? I mean, is it's, physically it's, you unable know, to pitch the last I, couple days. I still contend, and and I got a couple of tweets about this last night of people who were laughing about what I said. I still contend that if you do this right, there are guys in that bullpen that I trust in the right role. I think Trevor May is a serviceable pitcher in the right role. I think if you start to ask too much of those guys, yeah. then you run into big trouble. Here's what has happened with a couple pitchers early in the season. The Twins got their hands on Martin Perez, and they got their hands on like Ryan Harper, Blake Parker to some extent, and they worked some magic, and they kind of pulled those guys off the scrap heap, and those guys have contributed a ton in the first two months. And now... You're starting to like scouting is starting to catch up a little bit. Teams know that Ryan Harper is going to throw breaking balls. They know that Blake Parker is going to try and throw splitters, right? I mean, it's it's no longer a secret what those guys are going to be doing. And I think they caught teams off guard for the first couple months. So what's happening now is these guys who are mostly scrap heap dudes and and guys that you brought in hoping to squeeze something out of, like it's the clock is about the to strike is midnight out. here. Yeah, I don't think now if if those guys go on to give you something else the rest of the way, awesome bonus. Good on you. But you've been put on alert. These guys have put you on alert, right? Mm-hmm. Blake Parker has said, yep, I am uh, I got nothing here. Just kind of trying to figure this out. Ryan Harper, last two times out, has most definitely done that. Yep. They brought Ryan Harper in today, tried to clean up a Michael Pineda mess. It didn't work. Two nights ago, he struggled as well, yes. So I think it's on you now, if you're the Twins, to say, thank you guys, appreciate it, but we're just going to kind of, we're going we're gonna to move you guys. Yep. Eighth inning is is good. We're going to move you guys over here to the sixth, and then we're going to find someone to to figure out the eighth. My reliever power rankings or trust rankings. The only guy I actually trust right now is Taylor Rogers. Here's the, the only guy. Here's the one thing that I think I know about the uh, current regime that I'm pretty sure that I also understood about the previous one and and Phil, where there is a huge difference. The previous regime appreciated what you did and wanted to show it for a long time. We can throw him back out there because look at what he did in May, and then it would just be a, a disaster. Rocco Baldelli, <laughs> Rocco Baldelli, or we really love what you did eight years ago. Yeah, no, but that's true, right? Macarena Services render, come back. Services render, Jason Bartlett. You're a character guy. We love you. You're completely broken down now and can't play, but we think that you still can. Uh, the difference here is Rocco Baldelli in his press conferences, is always going to defend his players. That's who he is, and you know what? I really don't care. That's fine. There's no doubt in my mind, though, that when Falvey, Levine, Baldelli, and that group sit down, they have no problem pulling the plug. And that's a big difference. Yeah, they're very very cold and calculated. They are. Matt McGill, we really appreciate you, and now it's time for you to go to AAA. You know what would have been great Or something like that. I don't like... They're, they'll make a couple of trades, and this like well, we won't be talking about this nearly as much in a month from now, but or two months from now. But what would have been really great is if you had sent Fernando Romero down, and he dominated AAA, and then you call him up, and he's lights out, and boom, you add Fernando Romero, formerly right. one of your top pitching prospects, to this mix. And what happened was they sent him down. He had a five ERA with Rochester. He was not pitching well with Rochester. But they're just kind of cycling guys through right now. And they said, all right, let's bring him back up and see if he's learned anything. And he, this is the worst he's ever been. He's This is the, this was the worst the he's ever been. him? Well, that, they got to send him down, I would, because you're not going to use him. You're not using him tomorrow. Right. I don't know. I guess What's I his role long term? That's what I'm saying. Oh, tr- like Rochester? <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, long term, 2020. Is, is he moved back to starter? Is something drastically gone wrong here? Well, he's got to figure out how to not blow a nine-run lead. No, I know. Now, but, before but I he worry lost, about that, he lost home plate in the spring, and it was this bizarre thing where it went from being because I think he started eleven games last year, <laughs> and then they thought, okay, we'll, we'll put him in the bullpen in 2019, and it's going to be great. And I think he started off spring training okay, and he lost home plate completely, and now it's just gone to hell. Correct. That's why I but don't you think about a really good at all prospect. I'm just curious if there's a path here to get him back on track. I mean, the path is send him down to the minors and try again. <laughs> like, it is. Yeah, just, what else is there to do at this point? I'm just curious if he's a lost cause. It's concern- That's what I'm saying. It's concerning plug, me, Rami. Is he even worth the spot in Rochester? Or do you pull the plug on the Fernando Romero experiment? I think you got to stick with him and see what you can get. Yeah, because if he... if, if it's, it, I don't think they have... A major forty-man roster issue right now because that's that's the question. Like, do they right. have a forty-man roster issue at some point? 
and where would he rank? But I think he's such a powerful arm, and he has so much upside if you can just sort of harness it. And this would be the group of smart people behind the scenes that can get him to harness it. But my God, like today, forget about how he walked everybody, and when he was throwing a ball over the plate, it was center cut. How completely out of your mind do you have to be when you throw a ball to the backstop and you run to home plate and you don't look to see where the runner's going? Like, he could have broken his arm. Did you guys see that play? He reaches out. No, I didn't. So he throws a wild pitch. Runner comes in from third base. I forget oh, who the runner was. I did see this, yeah. I think it might have I think it was Malik Smith coming in from third base. And Romero just like saunters over, stands on the plate, and reaches his glove out to take the throw as Malik Smith is flying down the third baseline. And Smith runs through him like like Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> literally through his left arm, his body, so Malik Smith going full speed runs through the outstretched arm, the left arm of Fernando Romero's glove flies off, and he's lucky he didn't break his non throwing arm because he's just like, what are you, what are you doing? You can't throw a strike. You're up by nine runs and you're reaching your arm out in front of a flying down the base pass base runner. Go back to AAA, man. I'm fired up right now. Apparently, yeah, you're really fired. Jeez. You're way too fired up about Fernando <laughs> Romero. I wish I had seen this. Oh man, weren't you at the game? Today? No, oh, was, oh, yeah, this was today. This was today. Oh, I'm was t- it yesterday's I was talking game. about last night. Okay. Sorry. Jeb was drinking in the host lounge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a keg in there. Too bad you missed it. Uh, cram session is coming up next. We definitely have to touch on the St. Louis Blues winning the Stanley Cup championship for the first time. And uh, we'll wrap with Royce before it's all said and done. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Score North. Score North mobile app. And we do the show every day from the TCL studios. In fact, we are watching the uh, U.S. Open right now from Pebble Beach. We're watching Tiger Woods scramble and try and sink par putts all over the place here. Watching golf is quite the experience in 4K picture quality on one of these bad boys. We have a 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV that we're watching uh, Fox Sports 1 on right now. You can watch all kinds of live streaming sports, streaming entertainment, 500,000 TV show episodes and movies on 5,000-plus streaming channels with these TCL TVs. Also, TCL is giving you a great chance to see the Minnesota Lynx in the most coveted spot inside Target Center. You can head to scorenorth.com and enter the keyword TCL, and you can win four tickets to see the Minnesota Lynx from a TCL theater box at Target Center as they take on Las Vegas this weekend, June 16th. Again, scorenorth.com and enter keyword TCL.